0: Going to read from verse 15 to 17 and then from 22 to 24 as well. Colossians 3 verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And 22 to 24. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favour, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, Work it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving.
1: Great. Thanks, Andy, for reading for us. Um, As Andy said, my name's Joe, and uh, I serve on the leadership team here, which is a real privilege. And uh, Andy's mentioned already that we're in a series called Frontline Sundays, and this evening's title is Whatever We Do. And um, if you are kind of around our church, uh, maybe part of our church family around more often, you might uh, know this term, frontlines, but maybe if you're visiting or you're new, then it might seem a little bit unfamiliar. So I'm just going to recap kind of what this is all about. And we've been using these two visuals to help us understand what it means to kind of go out to our front lines. So um, in the first picture, you can see there's a bunch of red dots and they're all gathered together in one place in the corner. And and the red dots represent Christians and they're kind of representative of the number of Christians in the UK. And the grey dots represent other people who aren't Christians. And the first picture is kind of like on Sundays when we meet together or in the week maybe at small groups when we gather together as Christians and meet up. But the rest of the week, we're scattered, like in the second picture. We're out on our front lines, in our places of work, or in our homes, or in the places that we study. And uh, then we're uh, scattered out amongst those people. And so we love to talk about in our church what our front lines are like, and understand how God wants to use us in those places. So I'll tell you a little bit about me. If you don't know already, then uh, I'm a head of geography in a secondary school. I know, thank you. It is... It is really exciting. Um, And I I actually really, really love my job. Like sometimes people say to me, oh, like, Joe, you're the only teacher I know who really likes what they do. I know there are others out there, but um, yeah, I I really enjoy it. There's nothing I'd rather be doing than talking about something I love with interesting and funny young people. It's great. Um, But that said, By no means have I got this kind of sorted. It's not like I skip into work each morning and every second of the day I'm all joyful and loving it. Um, That that isn't the case. And I hope that comes across today. And I'm going to talk about how um, God instructs us in how we can value our work. And uh, we're kind of journeying to get that right. But that's what we're going to be thinking about, how God instructs us to value our work well. And um, earlier you maybe compared to-do lists um, during the offering. And here's my to-do list. It's, uh, this is like specifically this week. I started this on Thursday, and I specifically made it pretty so that I could take a picture of it for you. Normally, it's way messier than this, so I know it doesn't look that pretty, but it is like quite pretty. Shredding is on the list yet. Yeah. Um, so I, I do a lot of things in my job: uh, classroom displays, up there, lesson planning, marking, planning trips, planning events, analysing results, calling parents, printing, ordering, admin, shredding. All of that is on, is on the to-do list, and that's before we even get to teaching. Um, <laughs> so sometimes I feel like my work is really valuable and useful to God. You know, when I'm like teaching a room full of students about the wonders of the world, and they're excited and they're with me, it's easy to feel like God has put me in that place, and it's easy to feel like my work is valuable. But um, when I'm doing something like sorting 270 trip letters into alphabetical order, which I had to do this week, um, it's a little bit trickier to feel that way. It can feel like my work is kind of boring or even pointless. And at other times, I can feel the pressure of my work from above. You know, I can feel like it's really important to my line manager that I do this work well or someone else in a position of authority over me. And I know the work matters to them, but I'm not sure if the work really matters to God And maybe you relate to one of those feelings, but I think probably most of us relate to all of them a little bit in our work. Sometimes we feel that what we do is important and fulfilling, and other times it can feel dull or frustrating or pointless. But today we get the reminder that everything that we do, all of our work, is valuable to God, whatever we are doing. Um, and When I talk about work, by the way, we've probably said this in previous weeks, but just to be really clear, when we talk about work, we're talking about whatever your work is. Okay, work includes paid work, but it also includes unpaid work. It might be studying. It might be that you're retired. We all do bits of work within work, and one type isn't more important or more valuable than another. So Andy read our passage from Colossians to us earlier, and I've um, got four things to say about it. I think it's got four kind of whatever you do's um, for us to learn from. So we're going to look at whatever you do, do it in the name of Jesus. And that's to do with God having a plan for the whole of our life. And whatever you do, give thanks to God, um, because gratitude, thankfulness changes things. Whatever you do, do it with all your heart. And we're going to talk a little bit about what that means and what our heart might be. And whatever you do do it as if for the Lord. And that's a reminder at the end to remember who our master is. So we're going to start with verse 17. Um, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So the context for this part of the passage you'll have heard when Andy read is worship. And Paul, who's writing the letter, is talking about gathered worship really at this point and doing it in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God however we're doing it. And um, it's true that it's kind of talking about gathered worship, but like elsewhere, Paul writes that True and proper worship is when we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. So I think we're all good to extend this to the um, wider areas of our lives, including our work. So what does it look like to do our work in the name of Jesus? Um, well, it would actually be quite easy for me to talk about this in relation to my teaching. So, for example, part of my role, I'm a form tutor and I work in a Church of England school. So it's actually part of my role to give students the chance to like reflect on who Jesus is. That's part of what I'm supposed to do, um, which is cool. It's pretty easy to do that in the name of Jesus. Or um, another part of my like work, something that I do that, I kind of consider work is, is here at church. I work with our young people and it's, like, it's quite easy to do silly things at youth camp like jump into a lake or something um, in the name of building relationships with young people to help introduce them to Jesus. It's quite easy to do that in the name of Jesus as well. Um, but I thought I would need to find something that's a bit harder to talk about. Otherwise, it's kind of too, too easy. So I thought I'd talk about something I find harder to do, a type of work that I do that I find much harder. Um, so I live on my own and I really love it. Uh, I like having my own space I like making my own decisions I think I'm usually right so it's nice to not have to explain that to anyone else Um, and I like having people over but I also quite like being able to kick them out at the end of the evening right so I really like living by myself but I do not like being responsible for 100% of the housework I don't sorry mum Um, so here's an example of of the kind of thought process that goes through my head okay when I'm at home like maybe I'm thinking this is like a really small example I'm thinking I want a cup of tea Um, I should probably wash this mug that I drank out of earlier to make a new cup of tea but like I could just get another mug from the cupboard there's nobody here to know um, so you can imagine if that's how I feel about tea you can imagine how, about the, how the rest of the house feels um, and I just find housework like quite time consuming um, and quite boring and just like, it doesn't seem that important to me so I ask myself how can I clean the house in the name of Jesus Like, is that even a thing or am I just taking this passage a little bit too far Well, I do believe that it is possible, and it's not about how well I clean things. I don't need to go home and have a little lesson from my mum about how to wash up a mug. I don't need to do that. Um, But it's about shifting the thought process behind our tasks. We're called to be representatives of Christ in all that we do, whether that's stuff that is seen by others or whether it's stuff that never gets seen. And remembering that we've given ourselves over to God to be used by him helps us change the narrative of work that we find boring and challenging. So remembering that we've already given it to God in advance can help us with our kind of thought process as we do our work. So for example, in my cleaning the house example, yes, cleaning the house is for my benefit because I live there, but it's not for my benefit alone. And in fact, the house isn't like some space which I own and I can do what I like with because like the rest of my life, I've given what I have up to God. You know, if you're a Christian, you've said to God, God, I'm yours and everything that I have is yours and I give it to you to be used by you. And that includes my house. Um so you know what, keeping the house clean is important. Like, no, God won't use my house for hosting and welcoming people and having deep chats with people if nobody wants to come in through the door. Or like, no, I won't be able to um, like make things for people. I really like making gifts for people um, to to celebrate big things, but like God won't use that space if if there's no space to do it. Or you know what, I won't be as as happy and as healthy and productive in other areas of my life if the house is too messy for me to like practice yoga or do my quiet time. So doing it in the name of Jesus just means reminding myself that God has a plan for the whole of my life, okay? He even has a plan for me washing up a mug, okay? God has a plan for the whole of my life. All of the things that I do are meaningful to him and important to him and part of a bigger picture. So whatever the work is you struggle with, maybe you feel like I'm up here and I'm a teacher and that you can understand how that's quite important, but some of the work you do maybe doesn't feel that way. Well, it is important to God, Whatever work we're doing, we're an ambassador of Jesus. We're acting as his representative. Um, And doing it in the name of Jesus means valuing each and every task we do as part of the bigger picture of what God's doing on our front lines. Earlier we sang, Jesus commands my destiny. You know, Jesus knows what he's doing. He's already planning and he's already there. Last week, Louise really helpfully talked about the places that we work, wherever we work. And you know, God's already in those places. He's already planning. He's already doing stuff there. And we're called to be salt on our front lines. We're called to like have flavour. And in order to do that, we can't pick and choose on the work that we do and only do the things that we think are interesting. Part of what makes us distinctive or makes us salty is that we can see God working in all aspects of our lives. So whatever you do, do it all in the name of Jesus. The second part of that verse says, uh, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So thankfulness, gratitude is powerful, active and transforming. When we give thanks, it changes how we feel about things. Um, Once I was talking to my mentor at school about a class that I find really difficult or that I was finding difficult at the time, they were quite annoying. And um, he just said, oh, when I have a difficult class, I always pray for them. Um, And so I tried it. And uh, I realised, as I started praying, I realised, yeah, like, they are individually, like, you know, collectively, they can be really irritating. They can, like, be a little gang that's quite annoying and difficult to handle. But individually, they're great young people and they're interesting and there's a lot to be thankful for in each of them. And there's stuff to be thankful for in the work that they're doing and the way that they're learning as well. And as I prayed and was more thankful, it changed how I viewed them. And of course, that changed how I treated them and that changed how they acted. So being thankful is really powerful. It changes things. So, you know, I encourage you, give thanks for the people that you work with. Give thanks for the work that you do. Give thanks even if um, you aren't doing the work, but good work is being done. Be thankful even if you're not getting the credit for work that's being done, but you know it's good work. Um, I decided when I first started teaching to kind of enjoy work. I decided to do that because when I um, started my teach training, in fact, even before that, loads of people said to me, don't do it. Don't become a teacher. It's a really hard work it's really stressful. It will take over your life. You'll never enjoy life again. Um, And people were quite dramatic about it. They were like, don't, you know, do you really want to? And a few weeks into my teacher training, I realized this is a great job. Yeah, it's stressful. They're right. And yeah, it does take over your life. That is true. But actually, there's so much good stuff in this job. And I decided that I was going to practice enjoying my job. I was going to make it kind of like a discipline that, yeah, okay, I do acknowledge the stuff that's stressful and difficult. and And I do talk about that maybe with some trusted friends. But in general, I try to to focus on the things that I can be thankful for and the things that I can be excited about, the opportunities. And I would say if the first part of the verse, if the idea of doing it in the name of Jesus just seems challenging, if you can't quite understand how God's got a plan for that bit of your work, then I'd encourage you to maybe give thankfulness a try and see if it changes how you feel about things. Um, so number two, whatever you do, give thanks to God the Father as you do it. So the second verse um, from verse 23 a little bit later on uh, whatever you do work at it with all your heart as if working for the Lord and not for human masters and um, the context of this verse now like Paul's slightly shifted in who he's writing to this bit is specifically written to slaves Um, and uh, you know it's interesting isn't it um, thinking about slaves in this culture they kind of propped up the Roman Empire right the Roman Empire achieved a lot of what it did because slaves were in the world Um, but they had very little control over their lives and by the way I'm not going to unpack now why this doesn't like advocate slavery writing about this, but um, you can ask someone cleverer than me about that later if you want to. Um, but, uh, so these people, you know, they, they kind of propped up the empire, but they had very little control over their lives. And uh, you know, they didn't have like, job satisfaction. They didn't have workers' rights. They didn't have a choice in their career path. This isn't kind of when we ask young people, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's completely not that. Okay. But in spite of that, Paul calls them to work at it with all their heart. I just think this is so significant for slaves who would have experienced such a loss of identity because they were owned by somebody. And for us, I think it can be significant too. Sometimes we can feel um, like we do our work like just because it's our job or because it pays the bills, because someone told us to. But actually, we're called to work with all of our heart. So that got me thinking, what does that really mean? What does it look like to do my work with all my heart? And I started thinking about what I kind of value and search and seek for. And I don't mean, like, you can't just insert the Sunday school answer of Jesus in there. Yeah, of course we do seek and search for and value Jesus. Of course we do. But there's got to be something else that is kind of our heart and our driver, So, for example, for me, one of my values, one of the things that drives me is justice. Um, And I kind of strive for justice in all areas of my life. So, for example, uh, it's why I only buy fair trade chocolate. It's why you'll never see me with a takeaway coffee cup. It's why I don't buy clothes from high street shops. And it's also why I do my job, Uh, because I believe a part of making our world more just today is giving every child the opportunity to get a great education and to help level the playing field for children from all backgrounds. So that's part of what drives me is this idea of justice. And yeah, it's quite easy to talk about that again in relation to teaching, but I'll just give you one other example for me. So um, one summer um, when I was at uni, I I came home and I did a job cleaning a restaurant. It was really boring and quite lonely. I just did it like from like 6am to 11am kind of. Sometimes it was me or sometimes it was two people there um, until the other staff came in and started sorting the restaurant out for the day. And um, it wasn't particularly exciting. And like there's not really a great deal of justice in hoovering a floor well. Um, but uh, you know what... I, I, as I think about it and even at the time as I thought about it I realised actually it allows me to kind of seek my passion and follow my heart as well so it allowed me to um, have time in the day then quality time to spend with people and have deep chats it was that period in my life when I started getting interested in justice issues really so it kind of gave space for that and even things like it allowed me to save up money and some of the money from that paid for our mission trip to Brazil that we did in 2012 with with this church a few years ago so actually you know, it's good to kind of reflect and think yeah whatever my work Work is what 's my heart what 's my driver what 's the thing that makes it important to me and look for that in the work that we 're doing um, last week, I had some friends over for dinner, and um, whilst they were over for dinner, I asked them about this. I kind of made them do a little quiz with me uh, and like f- I asked them about what their values were and I sort of thought that it might not be that insightful um, because uh, I had three friends over, two of them work for the NHS and I kind of thought caring jobs, all three of us maybe will be a bit similar but actually they all said really different things and it was really interesting so I'm just, I have their permission, I'm just going to share with you um, what they said. So my friend Vicky, she's here, she's a speech and language therapist and she talks about connecting with people as a real driver for her so she said like even with people that are difficult or like don't show up for appointments or when it's challenging, the idea that connection can be really meaningful is part of what drives her to do her job really well which I thought was amazing. Or um, our friend Anna was there, she's an engineer and she talked about um, teamwork as a key value for her. So she said like, even when she's asked to do something really menial or boring, knowing that she's part of a bigger picture, achieving a bigger goal helps her understand her purpose. And so that's a real driver for her, like working as part of a team and playing team together. And uh, the other friend that was there, Jade, she's an occupational therapist. And she talked about patience as a key driver for her, which I found really challenging. Because for me, patience is just mainly something I'm bad at. Um, but she, she talked about patience, you know, like sitting with people when it's difficult and when maybe they aren't achieving that much. But kind of sitting with them is a real driver for her. And, you know, what? it was a really interesting conversation and um, it was just really helpful. It helped me understand my friends a little bit better. And uh, I think it helped me understand this idea as well, like work it with all your heart. You have to know what that means for you. You have to know what your heart is. What is it you're passionate about? What is it that drives you? And figure out how your values play into what you do. And then kind of hang on to that, remind yourself of that. I often remind myself, this is why I'm in teaching. This is why I do it, okay? And it's really helpful for um, reminding ourselves of that and what's important. So whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. And lastly, at the end of this verse, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as if working for the Lord, not for human masters. And for me, this is all about priorities. So, again, let's remember that some of the key people listening to this letter, this bit of the letter specifically, is writing to slaves. And they were really used to serving an earthly master. And this phrase reminds us that God is our true master. You know, we serve someone way bigger than our bosses, we serve someone bigger than my head teacher, we serve someone even bigger than Ofsted. Okay? So let's allow that to dictate our priorities. Just a little story for you from work. Um, one of the things I'm involved with at work is I'm involved with our um, like online learning platform, um, which is called Frog. Uh, some of you maybe use it at school. There was a groan there from a sixth former. Um, I know. I know how you feel, Um, but I was quite involved with, with kind of developing how we use that. And, um, there was a time when our deputy head who kind of runs the project, I guess, runs the platform would often ask me to do things, um, maybe to speak to other teachers or to help somebody or to speak to parents or try something out or develop something. And, um, I have this like tendency to want to please people. And so I would just always say yes. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah, great. And at one point I realized that um, I was just doing the things that he asked me to do, even if they weren't that important or urgent because he'd asked me to do them. So, I was just like prioritizing doing stuff for Frog for the platform because he, the deputy head had asked me and he's quite important. So, I was doing those things rather than doing the things that were actually more important for my job, rather than planning for lessons, even. I can remember once like, t- trying to do something on Frog and my class is coming in, and I'm like, no, wait, I need to finish this thing. And it, and it struck me, you know, that is not, that's not good priorities. You know, let's let God be in charge. Let's be honoring to what we know is our job role and what we're here for. Um, And so this idea of as if working for the Lord, that means thinking and reflecting on our priorities with God involved. So it might be like a whole life pattern thing, like maybe if work takes over, then is that good balance. Or it could be a a priorities thing for you at work like me. You know, what am I actually at work to do? And am I letting God be master of that? Or am I just taking over or serving someone else because I think that they're important? So whatever you do, do it as if working for the Lord, not for human masters. So we looked at four, whatever you do this evening. So whatever you do, do it in the name of Jesus. So know that God has a plan for the whole of your life. Know that everything that you do is meaningful. Whatever you do, give thanks to God. Okay, knowing that thankfulness changes things. Whatever you do, do it with all your heart. And it might be that you need to spend a bit of time figuring out what that means for you. And whatever you do, do it as if for the Lord. Remember who your master is. We're going to finish this evening by doing a little takeaway. So this is something we do sometimes in the evening service. You might have been here when we do it before. Um, in a minute, uh, I'm going to let you have a little chat with with your neighbour, with somebody near you, and. Um I'll have a talk through these questions. I'll talk you through them in a minute. And then we would love to hear um, some of the like, key little bits that you're going to take away from today. Maybe just something that struck you, something that challenged you, something that's going to change for you this week. And um, Andy's going to help me do that in a minute. So three kind of questions I thought of, but feel free to chat around other things that came up as well. Um, so is there one specific task or part of your work which you need to remember God has a plan for? Um, is there any way that you could include thankfulness in your working day? and what is your heart, what is the value which drives you?